Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience, Ed Nathan. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. And uh, Hello. I, I just want to say this before we get started. Uh, I feel much, much closer to you both. Yep. Yes. Fully vaccinated. Fully All of vaccinated. us. Yes. For those for those not watching on YouTube, we are back together We're back again. together. And now we have decided, I noticed, that post-pandemic, pre-pandemic, we all sat at one table. True. That was a little too close for we me. Decided, well, me too. We yeah. have decided that we all like our own individual table. Yeah. Nathan and I have the shorter table. Yeah, Jason wanted the bigger table. Jason wanted it. the bigger That's table. Right. I He's am in important. the middle. I am the I am the moderator, <laughs> so to speak. You gotta hold, you gotta hold everything together. I was saying He's I, got the bigger job of holding us in in, in I do I do feel like I'm sitting in the middle of a debate. You are. There's no oh, debate. It, but, I know, yeah. but it feels that way. I'm like in the middle of y'all two, but yeah. I do. I do enjoy this big table. So safe for and, us to, to be together. And did you notice uh, we got cushier chairs? Yep, we did. And, and they, around people they see, we got backs on our. I chairs can lean back. back. Yeah, lean back and break the thing. For people who work Fat in Joe, the uh, back. technical booth on Sunday morning at Sharpsburg, we have taken their chairs out yep. because mm-hmm. uh, the original stools that we have been sitting on, they weren't where they had always been. They got stolen. I didn't want to go look for them. These you were close by. So it's so laziness. I, yeah, it was laziness. It got us this, but I do enjoy them, and they'll probably just they will remain a permanent fixture. You oh, know, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm for it. I, earlier, I made a Fat Joe reference. I mean, like 30 seconds ago, I made a Fat Joe reference, and I, I wonder the Venn diagram on our audience of our of, of people who, <laughs> who are Fat Joe fans and and community Christian podcast fans. Where does that all bleed together? Well, Where what I know is exist? I can remember making a fat joke years ago when I myself was rather large and somebody really got on to me. And so there are people in our audience that won't know that you're talking about what you're talking about and they'll think you just made a bad joke about a dude named Joe. Oh, Fat Joe. No, <laughs> yeah. fat, Okay, if you don't know Fat Joe, then yeah, you can look up you can look up Fat Joe, I guess. So there you go. But yeah, you can that, that that'd be something you can come talk to me about with the podcast. Yeah, come talk a, to me about Fat Joe. He's a guy on our staff. <laughs> <laughs> we wish. <laughs> and, uh, and we don't call him that to his face. No, no of course just not. Just only on Death the internet. Just on the podcast on yes. the internet. Just on the internet. So <laughs> okay. Go. Or if you can get Fat Joe to come on our podcast, if you somehow have a hookup with he's Fat Joe. He's probably looking for a gig right now. Maybe. So. I don't know. I bet he's doing all right. <laughs> All right, so today we are going to uh, commence with our former brand new segment, but now it's an old segment. I don't remember what it is. You don't remember? (laughs) I don't remember. I will say this. I started a few weeks ago, and I said, hey, tell us if you like this or whatever. Did somebody say anything? I got zero feedback, so I'm going to press ahead. I'm going to say this. I'm going to go out on a limb and prove me right. We will have more Fat Joe fans than Headlines fans. Headlines fans, Go yes. bring, them, bring them on in. Or here's another just Venn diagram. Bring them in. You got your headlines. You got your Fat Joe references. Maybe we can get Fat Joe in a headline. Mm, I'll look for one. All right, I, I didn't know before we started. So okay. this is Headlines. It's very possible we don't have any fans. Maybe that's why oh, you didn't hear anything. Yeah, I'm confident about that. That's true. Po- it's very possible. I was just thinking about all the talk. It's just very possible mm-hmm. we're talking to ourselves. Maybe. Currently, and we're and we enjoy that <laughs> exactly way too much. Headline number one: Woman's home trashed by flock of giant California condors. Oh, okay, not now, a local story. No, this is in uh, somewhere in California that I can't pronounce the and name, so I won't people try. People were more concerned because aren't California car- condors on the endangered list? 
you you're you're way ahead of the story there, saying, Nathan. Look at you. Well, I personally am a part of a uh, Fat Joe fan club, oh my gosh. <laughs> we're also very concerned with the California condors. So oh, you can join man. our Facebook group at Fat Condors. Fat Joe, also an endangered species. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably. But that, that is the reason for the story, I believe. Uh, they are an endangered species. And so uh, this lady had about 15 to 20 of these giant endangered birds, and they have descended on her house. Um, for the purpose of what? They've trashed her deck. They've ruined her spa, their flags and the ornaments in her yard. They're knocking plants over. They're scratching up the railings. They're pooping everywhere. The Wildlife Service has determined that this used to be like a habitat of theirs, and her house is built on the same spot. Uh. And they are coming back to this place that they were at. But, of course, she goes to the... Fish and Wildlife Service for help. And of course, they're not going to help her at all because they are extinct or they're going extinct. And so, the, so here's what they told her. I just thought this was the funniest part of the story. Their suggestions to her are try harmless hazing, like shouting and clapping or spraying water stupid at them. Stupid birds. You don't even know where you're supposed to live, you stupid you birds. You insult the birds and they go away. I'm just thinking Does that, that work? What a different story that would be if it weren't California, but where I grew up in Mississippi and a bird comes and they say, we can't help you because it's extinct. They go, I didn't come to ask your help. I was wanting to know if you wanted to eat some bird. <laughs> That's <with> right. <laughs> what you want me to do with them when they're dead? I will say this. I also have a, a flock of creatures that trash my back deck, poop everywhere, uh, and leave things. Those are called my children. I also went to the fish in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> they would not also do things about my children. So but, I'll just say this, down with the fish in the wildlife. But yeah. I bet they would Another have told you. government agency. Why, why, why aren't y'all coming and getting these kids from pooping all over my house? But I'm thinking they probably would have told you the same thing. Just shout at them, clap at them, or spray oh, water yeah, at them. Oh, shame them. Wow, shame them. California condor. What a big girl you are. Are pooping all over the house. Maybe you should think about what you're doing That's before right. you poop on the deck. Do you know how it makes me feel, California condor? Mm -hmm. Think about my feelings. <laughs> and they respond like my children do. <laughs> that is actually how his children That's most of the, most of the time. So I do feel bad for the woman, but is this really a big deal? I guess it's a big deal. If it, would, if it were in, in my house, it would be a big deal. Especially okay. because they built on a habitat. That means it's a pretty new house. Probably. I, is, do Maybe. No, it's built on a habitat. Again, that's, that's what, what they saying. told her. They, I mean, the condor didn't walk up and go, my grandpa used to live right here. I claim this land in the name of the condor. If he did, then you got yourself a very good movie and book deal right there. Oh, well. Right, next headline. Next headline. Is number this two. what we're supposed to do with the headlines? What just happened? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wasn't know. that fun, Ed? I didn't know why. I can't. This, this is why nobody likes it. <laughs> Here it is. Here we go. Pet kitten, thought to be sick, turns out to be an incredibly rare wolf cat. <laughs> okay, hold on. So they thought the cat was... Okay, I'm going to guess this. The cat was behaving in a way... That they thought was not typical for a cat, so they thought the cat was sick. And then it turns out it wasn't sick. The behavior was normal for whatever a wolf cat is. Because it's a habitat of the wolf of cat. Of the California condor. <laughs> They're getting an Avengers-style crossover where they will work wolf cat and condor. Coming not to Disney+. Plus. You're close, Nathan, but okay. you're not quite there yet. Okay. Uh, so right. I'll, I'll, I'll just grace through this uh, 
story and uh the next story since he said grazing is gonna be about a cow no 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 i'm just gonna go through it real quick i'm not gonna read it to you but basically here's what happened this lady from maine um she has this kitten that she got from a litter of of kittens apparently she was fostering two adult cats she was fostering these two adult cats one of them gave birth to a litter of kittens she kept one of the kittens from the litter okay um so after about five weeks, she started realizing that this cat started losing its fur. So this five-week-old cat starts losing facial hair, and she gets kind of worried about her cat. She loses most of her hair completely over the next two weeks. She gets concerned. She took her to the vet. They look over her, and they concluded maybe it's a fever, maybe she's sick, blah, blah, blah. Um, now they're convinced, after checking her out, that she has some kind of genetic mutation that has uh, turned her into a hybrid of a wolf cat. She's an ex-cat. She's a werewolf cat. That's the wolf cat. She got bit by a werewolf, and she is turning into a wolf cat. That's what they call it. They said it's it's a genetic mutation it's very rare, but it is making her into a wolf slash cat. Somebody call Van Helsing. We got that doesn't seem real to me. I'm gonna. That's. But it'll be better when we get it, uh, the inevitable teen wolf cat, where the wolf cat is a teenager dance surfing on top of a. This a is wolf. this is a movie waiting to be made right I'm, here. I'm all about it. This I'm is a horror it. movie. Wait, this is the premise of a horror movie waiting to be made because the cat's gonna grow up. She's gonna keep the cat. The cat's gonna grow up. Oh, it's gonna I want kill her to in her like sleep. Party animal, '80s party animal, where like the wolf cat's like getting into trouble and throwing house parties, and they're like wolf cat. <laughs> no, they made that. It was called Teen Wolf. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. something like that. That was a that was one of my movies in the uh, in the 80s. There you go. I enjoyed that movie. I watched you know when it about people eight are times. like, I'm tired of all these superhero movies. Why don't they make movies like they used to about a teenage werewolf who surfs on school buses? Yes, those were back when movies were good. Played by Michael I have J. Not Fox. Seen that movie? Teen Michael wolf? J. Fox with Michael J. Fox. Oh, oh yeah, they even redid it. Didn't they had they? Teen Wolf two, and here's they they have that good clever name is Teen Wolf two T O O. Oh, Teen Wolf 2. Yeah, that's not funny. But it, it's very, un, like, too much of a teen werewolf. I know people in my own family that would think that's funny because oh, it's love a pun. Kind of stuff. Yeah. And it involves a cat. Mm. No, well, a wolf. So that's like, like doubly mm. <laughs> bad. All right. All right. So there's your headlines for today. Hope, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And if not, you could have scrubbed along the whole way. Absolutely. Just, we should start with Joel ha- should have a graphic that says end of headlines. <laughs> <laughs> Just put the timestamp in there. If you're tired of this nonsense, click here. Exactly. We have questions. If you'd like that, please respond to. <laughs> yes. We have questions. We have questions okay. today. We have good questions. In right. fact, we have great questions that are going to keep us going for the next several weeks. About oh, the theology around wolf cats. Mm, that would be not fascinating. No, it would not no. be fascinating. I guarantee you there's somebody who's doing a whole podcast episode on it. Yes. Yeah. Joe Rogan. Yeah. This was a question I was looking forward to us talking about All because right. this is apparently someone who is listening. Oh, yeah. They've been listening for a while, and they've heard us mention something, and they want us to explain something that we talk it, about. And they asked the question, which I is what love it. should do. I love it. So here we go. Uh, the questioner says, I've heard you all mention spiritual formation. What is spiritual formation, and how does it happen? Just say this. Good question. Ed brought notes. <laughs> yeah, this is a it's first. Such a good question. This is Ed a first. Prepared in advance. Ed well, brought only notes. because, you know, this is so key to what yeah. we try to do. I wanted to make sure 
I answered in a way, because you know, people ask questions like this because we do use phrases like that that really don't get used anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's important that people understand what it is. So, well, why don't you give us your notes and Jason and I? Well, I don't want to just fill in go through all my wrong. notes because I'm, I'm confident you all are going to talk about some of this stuff. I will interrupt you. Know, you. <laughs> when. When, when I originally, I thought if I were having a conversation with him, I was... I thought that too. Sorry, go ahead. I just wanna, <laughs> I'm just going to say what I thought as well. I had the same thought. If I was having a conversation, I would think about the f fact of everybody's formed by something. We've all been formed by something. Mm -hmm. And the real question that we all should be asking about most of the stuff in our life is... How did that come to me? Because it didn't just come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. We're all are building on top of something or something that somebody put into us. Mm. And uh, I watch my grandchildren now. It's pretty obvious. You know, you can look. We all start doing this when you see a little baby. You go, oh, he's got his dad's nose and, you know, whatever. And you can see that stuff is DNA that comes into them. But after, after a while, you also begin to see kids begin to say things you know they didn't come up with. They're repeating their, their, yes. their, yes. their parents. Mm -hmm. So the parents are forming them. Yes. And yeah. we're formed in all kinds of ways. And the really, the really important question is, with every thought I have, with everything that I'm doing, how did that get formed? Um, yeah. Well, and I think on, on top, top of what you're saying there, that part is absolutely critical because everyone ends up thinking of themselves or hoping to think of themselves, I'm a free thinker. Uh, you know, I'm not formed. I mean, we've even had these conversations with people talking to us about, you know, I can't trust the news or I can't trust social media. And the reason why is because I need I need to make my own opinion about this fact as if your opinions are not ever influenced well, by anything even else. that thought you had yeah. that I can't trust the news is a thought somebody gave you. Yeah, because no matter what event, unless it happened in front of you, you are taking from a news person whether they get paid for giving you the news yep. or they don't get paid for giving you the news. And your friend who gave you the news also has a bias in the way yes. they report the story to you. So saying I can't trust the national news, the truth is you also can't trust everything that everybody is saying to you. Absolutely. Well, and you you at some point get yourself to a place, because I, I had this, so you talk about the way you, you know, your children pick up things from their parents. And I have this, I have several friends who are non-believers. And when I talk to them about it, some things that I've had said to me before is, you know, well, you don't want to brainwash your kids into believing this, uh, believing what you believe. And I say, well, the, even the, and you wouldn't call this a doctrine, but the doctrine of you should form your own opinions is something I'm brainwashing you into. I'm teaching yes. you how to, mm -hmm. everyone is teaching someone how to interpret the w world and everything. So even if I tell my kids, well, you should just make up your own mind. I'm not going to try and influence you. I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you when to brush your teeth. I'm yeah. not going to tell you how to go to the bathroom. I'm not going to tell you how to have personal hygiene. I'm not going to tell you to go to yeah. school. That's the logical conclusion of that. But yeah. people don't apply that to that. They have a limited scope right. that sure. they then enforce. Well, That's and right. even if I say, like, I'm not going to try and push my religious beliefs by taking you to church or by taking, you know, by teaching you Bible stories, that in and of itself is teaching the way to think about religious belief or something. And so I've always said to people, yeah, it's brainwashing because everything <laughs> ultimately is. And if I don't do it, someone else will. And so as a parent who loves them, 
I do want to be involved in going, hey, this is why I think about the world the way I do. Here's why Jesus matters to me. Here are the stories that have formed me. Here are the things, when you talk about spiritual formation, here are the practices I do that form me. I would love it if you adopted some of these things and you started doing these things. Obviously, you get to make your own choice on these things. But as someone who's trying to, who has the responsibility, as you said, in every area, brushing your teeth, going to school, to form my kids, I mean, that ultimately is the job of parents. I'm trying to help shape and form these children. Spiritual formation is also part of that as well. well. I know mm-hmm. parents that are very serious about their kids becoming Alabama fans mm-hmm. or where they go to school or how they handle money and they have no, or how much they work and how invested they are in work and how hard, how hard you must work to be a good citizen as if those are neutral thoughts that everybody in the world just naturally has to have. Right. But they aren't. Yeah. And everybody in the world doesn't think about them like we are. I think the bigger issue about spiritual formation like it is in every other question is why does it matter? Why does mm-hmm. it? It's not what is it? It is just the forming of my spirit. It's the forming of who I am. What do I want it to look like? And what what kind of thoughts and things should will form me into the person that could flourish in this world? Yes. Could have a truly good life. Yep. And you know, I I also think, you know, some people have this idea, particularly Christians, I get it, it's that spiritual formation just sort of happens. It just sort of happens. And if you spend enough time, I had this conversation with somebody the other day that said, you know, you know, you get old and wise. And I said, those two words don't necessarily go together. That's right. Yeah. Old and wise don't necessarily go together. I know lots, because I'm now 60, almost 62, I know lots of old stupid people. Mm-hmm. And I know some young wise people. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is just, I take, I, I get what the best is, I filter through it, and I go toward what is the proper way to do things. Yeah. It's me applying the knowledge of how to properly do things. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't come just naturally that I spend time as a follower of Jesus and it just naturally happens. So one of the things I wrote down is, who, you, who are you becoming? Mm-hmm. Who, who is it that I'm becoming? If I stay in this thought long enough, where does that thought naturally lead me? Mm-hmm. What kind of person does it lead to me becoming? Because yeah. every thought, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. I have to take thoughts captive. Yes. I have to hold have to them to think about my thoughts. I have to think about my thoughts. Where will this naturally lead me? If I'm a person who's fearful and I'm aware and I'm constantly afraid and that this world is a dangerous place, that does lead to a certain kind of life that most people don't necessarily think of as a flourishing kind of life. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I have to question those things as what's forming me into it. And it won't just happen by me saying that I believe Jesus is Lord and I'm going to go to heaven one day. Mm-hmm. I must decide. So do you all want me to write down what I answered to the question? So right now I've been taking some notes, but I finally wrote a sentence of what I think okay. spiritual formation is, sure. and then I'll let y'all push back against it because mm-hmm. my words aren't always the only. I mean, I just want I, this is a sentence I wrote in about two minutes. <laughs> uh, spiritual formation is the process of cooperating with the Spirit of God and fellow believers so 
I can have Christ formed in me. Hmm. Sure. Because what Paul says in Galatians is he's in agony for believers until Christ is formed for them. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people in our world think that what Christians are in agony about is that everybody goes to heaven. Paul Hmm. says, I'm in agony not for you to go to heaven, but that Christ would get formed in you. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to something we said in a previous podcast that that people who wind up in eternal life with God are the people who have been formed to the place that where they would be able to uh, exist in that place or that that dimension or whatever you want to call it. Because people who live who are who wind up in eternity with God, they must have that formation take place in them or else they wouldn't be able to stand it. That's exactly right. It goes back to something that I know the the question asker said, you know, what do you mean by spiritual formation? We, we've talked about spiritual formation in all kinds of different ways around community Christian without using that term. And, mm-hmm. and I think as you were talking, one of the instances you've heard us say this before is um, when I give my life to Jesus, part of what I'm doing is I'm saying, I believe Jesus is right about everything. Right about what? Right about everything. And so that, and that's part of that taking thoughts captive. So every time I think a thought or I plan an action or whatever, I think to myself, if Jesus were living my life in the 21st century, what I'm doing right now, what would he do in my place? And, and so I, I determine what his thoughts would be, what his actions would be. And I, and I decided, well, he's, he's right already because he's Lord and he proved it by rising from the dead. So I'm going to go that way. And that's the formation that's taking place of I become, uh, you know, Paul says, I have the mind of Christ. I mean, I love that phrase. If if I could just have the mind of Christ. Well, he says we can. And at times I do. That's right. When I cooperate with the spirit, spiritual formation is at its nature. It's my spirit being formed by the spirit of God. So the spirit of God is working in my spirit to form me into the life of Christ. And so... I can have I can have thoughts that are the same thoughts Jesus would have. Yes. And occasionally I do have the thoughts and then because I have the thoughts, I have the capability to do what he would do. Mhm. Mhm. And to behave like he would behave. Yeah, I mean I think ultimately when you talk about spiritual formation, I mean I don't I think your definition is is good. I mean everyone has their own I shouldn't say everyone, but lots of lots of churches and we all have similar just different wording this is only mine and about 30 i would do better if i had two hours (laughs) well and i I think we're all grappling around it because i mean i think it everyone is trying to figure out fully what it is but spiritual formation ultimately is becoming like christ and there's different forms that go around it that ultimately god is forming me in the image of christ for the sake of other people that i would become that you know in the beginning we're made in the image of God. And so at the core of who we are, we, we are good. And I think we miss that. Like at the core of who I am, God made me in goodness to be good. And sin has corrupted that. It's as mm-hmm. if it's as if it threw dirt and mud and a bunch of contour feces on top of <laughs> on top of this good image. And it's and at times I can see it. Like there's these little cracks in, in every person. Every person. Every person. Like, oh, there's some of the goodness of God, and there's some of that. I mean. That right there is is a is a thing that uh, 
Steve Clark and I talk a lot about of try different practices in spiritual formation. One we talked about is trying to get people to see see the goodness of God in everybody that I'm looking. And sometimes you kind of get a magnifying glass on certain people and go, where is it? Where do I need to see it? But in everyone, even my worst enemy, there's, there's some part of the image of God that is still visible to me because every person's made in the image of God. And what spiritual formation is, is like you said in that, I can't remember all your phrase, but even it's the process of cooperating with the spirit of God and fellow believers so that Christ is formed in me. Right, and I think that cooperation is the big part of it, which is, so I have the, I have the image of God in me, and then when I become a, a, a believer, a disciple of Jesus, and I'm baptized, I get the Holy Spirit of God that lives within me. And it, if I cooperate with it, and cooperation looks like, and this is the part we don't like, and some of us, uh, I, I grew up thinking this part of it was even anti to what Jesus wanted to do. I've got to do some things to work with the Spirit of God to let him remove some of that dirt. That it is possible, I could say, like you've said, yes, Jesus is Lord, and I can open the door for Jesus. And then once he's in there, as Paul says, I can quench the Spirit. I can say, nope, don't do that work. Nope, don't do that, because I'm unwilling to cooperate with you. And so there might be disciplines and exercises I have to do to allow the Spirit of God to come in and start removing some of that dirt. And like, like you've been saying, the mind of Christ, and that that's all the image of God in me. It starts to get formed, and where there were those calluses and dirt and things like that that were on my spirit and my mind and my flesh and the way that I act, starts to get the image of Christ revealed in me, but it's always for the sake of others. It's, it's, it's not just for myself that just as Christ lived in such a way that he was so fully aware of his worth in, in God and he was so fully aware that God was protecting him and providing for him. When you talked about fear is what it made me think of. He, he wasn't afraid and it wasn't that he didn't think bad things could happen because the, the cross is proof that bad things can happen to him. It was that he knew even in those moments, God's working something else out. And so he was able to love and serve in moments of fear. And as we've all said, you can do those things. But I like the word cooperate. I think that's huge. It's well, the reason I wrote that is because there is a certain group of people in my time that have said spiritual formation is just the work of the spirit. And right. all I have to do is just allow that to take place. But I don't think that's it. The illustration that, and I didn't come up with this, it's, I, as far as I know, this is hundreds of years old. I think sailboats are the best illustration of mm -hmm. no one moves a sailboat, the wind moves a sailboat. But the wind by itself can't move the sailboat. Yep. The sailor has to set the sails. Yeah. You've got to move it in direction yeah. of the wind. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, really good sailors can catch can move the boat the way they want when the wind is even against them a little bit right. if they catch the if they catch the wind right you learn to catch the wind so there's a my part in the cooperation with God of me participating in my spiritual development is I begin to learn how to set my sails to catch the holy spirit it's why I also included other believers yeah I was created from community God is a community, in community with God, but I was placed into the family of God. We have ability to, the, the benefit I have reaped from other believers, younger and older than me, who have taught me things, it, it, it'll only be seen in eternity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that part about 
it's the work of the Spirit. It all, as you said, I think this, I, I've also heard that sale analogy, and I think it is perfect for it. It's all the work of the Spirit um, and spiritual disciplines, which are disciplines that I do, like anything, I mean, prayer is a spiritual discipline, um, reading scripture is a spiritual discipline, uh, fasting. Well, fasting, silence, yeah. even things as small as you assembling with Christians. Yes. I sure. mean, honestly, if you don't see that, if if you see coming to church or small group or discipleship group or loving people, if you see it as it's serving me, you won't do it often enough for it to serve you. Mm -hmm. You must do it as this is what I have been asked to do to set the sail. I don't see the purpose in it always, mm -hmm. but it's been amazing how many times I have come to worship and didn't want to. And it was Mother's Day and I'm a dude. <laughs> and something gets said that the spirit catches my sail that I've set and I get moved forward. Mm -hmm. yes. Well, and there's that there's that whole thing of these 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 tools of disciplines and i think this is what's hard we we use the analogy recently in a um what around community christian spiritual formation for us primarily looks like what we call our discipleship group so you do hear us talk about this like we talk about discipleship that for us a key because this is all the things you just said cooperating with the spirit and other people and i'm learning these spiritual disciplines and the way we talked about it to a, a recent group of disciples was um, the Karate Kid wax on, wax off. That uh, if you're aware of the Karate Kid, same era as Teen Wolf. That's right, babe. Same era as Well, Teen there Wolf. was a remake, though, too, for the later eras. Yes, but this one comes from nah. uh, wax on, wax off, right? That, you know, he, he said, I want to learn karate. And he said, well, here's what you're going to wax this car. Mm -hmm. And he has to learn a very specific way to do it. Yep. That seems like nonsense. But eventually <laughs> he realizes this nonsense thing trained me to do in the moment, mm -hmm. what I needed to do. And once again, Dallas Willard, who is, in my mind, modern giant in spiritual formation here in, the, I mean, just teaching spiritual content. Formation, yes. yeah. Teaching it here in the, in the United States. It, the one phrase he uses, if you want to do what Jesus did on the spot, you have to do what Jesus did off the spot. Mm -hmm. That Jesus retreated to go be by himself to spend time in prayer and knowing the scripture. And Jesus fasted and Jesus did all of these different things that we're talking about. And in the moments when you're in silence and solitude or you're reading scripture, you, and everyone does this, you go, I don't feel like it's doing anything. <laughs> but there is a way in that it's forming my spirit. So that in the moment when I want to act like Jesus, but it's the moment I least want to act like Jesus, I'm able to do mm -hmm. what I need to do. Uh, and so discipleship for here is at least our, uh, it's the primary uh, delivery system. The way we, I think of it, using our sale analogy, is it is us teaching people to sail. Mm -hmm. We you get have, you on the boat. You have, you have wanted to... You wanted to travel with the Spirit on this way. We're trying to teach you how to set your sails. And I know it doesn't always make sense. Mm -hmm. But if you were able to do it on your own, you would have done, done it. Yeah. There is a way. Yeah. There's a specific way. All right. Anything else on that? I have. You I got more notes. I, I, well, I had this thought only because of someone I am particularly beginning to disciple these days is... Uh, they are frustrated with themselves. What I would say to you is my experience has been that others will see your spiritual formation movement before you see it. Yeah. That you will begin to have. 
And it's almost all, Nathan keeps talking about, it's for the benefit of others. People who you're around will begin to say, hey, man, I noticed things are different about you. Mm -hmm. And you will still feel like mm. I'm the same person. But the results, you will have moved further in the boat than you knew you were moving. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And the results of it, the results of spiritual freedom, in my opinion, I just jotted this down real quick in my terrible handwriting, are that you're, you're free. Mm -hmm. You get free within yourself. I know so many people that are Christians and they're still so tied up on the inside about themselves that you get free with God. The thoughts you had about God where you go, God must be getting me back for something. And I, and I just said this to somebody recently. Where do you see Jesus getting anybody back for anything? Like he goes, oh, I'm just, I dude, I had to. You know, you did that. I got to do this. Mm -hmm. G, G, that's just not the way that that works. And you find freedom with others even when other people aren't always the kind of place you would feel free. You're just free. You're free with yourself. You're free with others. You're free with stuff. You're just free. You have a sense of freedom about yourself. You're not tied up. Well, and don't you think when you talk about the results, it goes to other people. This is a phrase I've had to write down for myself. I have it up on my, um, my wall in my office just to remind myself. But I think the reason certain things you don't see the results or you feel like this thing's not doing anything is because we're expecting something that God never promised us. And, and it's some kind of result or it's some kind of success. Like I often think that what I need, what God's going to make my life better, because we often use that for, you know, God's going to make your life better is he's going to make me better at things. So God's going to make me have better advice to give people. God's going to get, make me a, a better at leading things or doing things or making that happen. And I have to remind myself that ultimately the best thing I have to offer to anybody is not, and the words I use are like, not my opinions or my advice or my abilities or what I can do for them. It is how well I show the image of Christ in me. That the best thing I offer anybody may be the patience I have to say or the kindness I have to say, hey, I know you're really frustrated with that. And I could help you with that. But maybe the best thing I could do is just come in and say, hey, what do you need in this moment? And I'm not, it's not my opinion you need. It's not my wisdom you need in the sense of I'm going to give you advice or abilities. And so when I come into this thing, what I'm looking for is, hey, make me better at my job or make me better in an argument or make me better in, you know, and have a knowledge of things so I can give. But my knowledge is not the best thing that anyone wants out of me. If I have a way to reveal Christ, it, the image of Jesus in me getting more refined, that is a gift to other people. And I know it doesn't always feel like that, but it is because... Jesus' presence in and of itself is a gift. And if we and so I think that's sometimes why we get disheartened because it goes, I know I'm calmer, but that's not helping anybody. Well, ultimately, if it's spiritual formation and Christ is being formed in me, what I am giving to people is Jesus. Right. I'm, I'm taking Jesus in bodily form to people. Yes. All right. That's all the time we got for this episode. I'll try not to bring notes again uh, in the future. That was good. Well, you know? You know. People probably That's what it looks like to see me handwrite. It's yeah. terrible. Mm -hmm. hard it's terrible. It's hard for me to remember what I wrote. That's okay. <laughs> as long as you can read it, it doesn't matter. So, all right. So, uh, we, like I said before, we've got, uh, I got a list of questions for us to get to in the coming weeks. So, uh, I think next week we're going to have a little bit of a special interview we're going to play. Uh, but then the week after that, we'll come back with some more questions and, uh, some more headlines. Hey. Oh, good. So I know everybody's excited. We so. are. Everybody's excited. All right. So we will see you then. Bye, y'all.